and welcome to Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. On today's episode, I'm going to be chatting to my good friend, Lindsay Coulson, who was one of the founding members of the band Kinking. And we will be chatting about how he swapped his rock and roll party lifestyle, playing bass in the band, for a journey of spiritual development, holistic healing and well-being. So welcome, Lindsay, to the show. I'm actually a little bit nervous about this conversation. I don't really know why, because I've known you in person for about four years now. But I also know in your time prior to me knowing you, you were actually really well known. And I know that you've been interviewed on BBC Radio 2. You've played at Wembley Stadium. So all of a sudden I'm feeling a slight bit of pressure as I'm talking to you now. And, well, not as pressured or as nervous as I am, because the only time we've done interviews to do with the band, and uh, to be quite honest with you, I'll, I'll take the compliment, but uh, we weren't really that well known. Uh, but the interviews would only last five minutes for a start. And, and, and it would generally be, what's your new album called? What's this song called? Where are you playing next? Really simple questions i feel like i'm about to get a david dimbleby spiritual grilling <laughs> right now so we'll see how it goes well i think neither of us quite know where this conversation is going to go because it could go in so many different directions so prior to meeting you i first heard about you probably getting on for a decade ago now and when i went to do my reiki one die our reiki master she mentioned oh i've had this man from a band um, it's quite a big deal. They're called King King. And he's recently done his Reiki one with me. Um, but it's probably going to be a while before he can do his second degree Reiki because he's touring. So I think she said drinking. I don't think she, <laughs> I don't think she said touring. Yeah, I think there was quite a lot of drinking involved, wasn't there, with your time in the band? Well, I kind of, there's a, there's a, there's a, you need some yin with your yang. And, and a lot of people have said, Lindsay's really weird. This was during the band years. Of course, this is no, no longer. I'm now holier than thou <coughs> most of the time. Um, but certainly during the band years and prior to that, when I uh, was a partner in a music shop, um, I was more on the, um, shall we say, the Keith Richards lifestyle. Um, yeah, so... Um, it wasn't really ideal for, for doing that, but I've always had this interest in um, holistic therapies, I would say, uh, and um, different philosophies, I suppose. I, I became interested really in about 2008. Wow, that's quite a Well, I mean, prior to that, if we will, I take it really, really far back. As a, as a child, I, I kind of never felt like I fitted in. I thought, I don't feel like I'm, I almost belong on this planet. And I can really relate to that as well, because I remember feeling very isolated a lot of the time, even when I had friends as a child. I just thought, I feel like I've been plonked here. I don't quite resonate with anybody. I feel like I should have been born in a different time in a different place. Mm. And I know from speaking to lots of other people that have gone on either the therapeutic healing path or more particularly the spiritual path, they also tend to have that feeling. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I didn't kind of fit in with the other kids. Um didn't really kind of want to get involved in life. And my escapism in those days was music. Um, and I would spend hours in my bedroom listening to, listening to records. Um, 
listening, listening to music and some getting lost in the music. And I, I suppose almost daydreaming through it and imagining different scenarios. And I already knew at the age of 10, I remember my father asking me, um, what, do you, what do you want to be when, you, when you're older? Expecting, you know, a train driver or an astronaut or something like that. And I said, oh, I want to be in a band. So he, he humoured me and said, why don't you, don't you want to be a singer then? And I said, no, no, I just want to be in a band. And I remember buying a copy of um, Tattoo You by the Rolling Stones when I was 10. And I kind of already decided I wanted to be Ronnie Wood or some kind of character, some, some side man in a band. And the desire was so strong that, um, that despite all the knockbacks that uh, are involved in the music business and how difficult it is, particularly financially, uh, it was just this thing that I felt that I had to do. I had to kind of push through and do it, do it somehow. Also... I've discovered that it was a fantastic way of avoiding life and avoiding the real world. Our first gig was at the George in Langworth and um, we were playing blues music. Uh, we got paid £15 each. Nice. Um, and I thought, I'm playing the music I love and I can drink while I'm at work. What's the not to like? <laughs> this, is, this is the career for me. So off I went on down uh, that route. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really after kind of getting a bit too involved in the rock and roll side of things and not particularly making any money, um, then got involved with a music shop um, doing music retail, so selling guitars and drums and that type of thing. Uh, however, my rock and roll lifestyle continued along with that. And I knew, I knew there was something not right. I didn't know kind of quite what it was, but I knew I was kind of like a little bit odd, shall we say, or, or very sensitive. I was a very sensitive, timid child, very quiet, wouldn't dare, dare speak to anybody. Um, uh, and I suppose doing the music thing, it was a bit more of a, a, a release for that. Um, but the lifestyle wasn't particularly sustainable. So in 2008, my interest kind of grew uh, in more um, spiritual matters, I suppose, and different philosophies. Okay. It was the first year I had acupuncture. Oh, interesting. And it wasn't long um, after that that I actually met a good friend of ours, Lucy Petz, yeah. who I'm sure you'll probably have on Definitely. your podcast at some stage. And we've remained friends uh, ever since uh, and kind of independently uh, and crossed over our spiritual journeys, if you like. You've actually which been a huge part in each other's lives, haven't you? And Lucy also came into my life more recently, a few years ago, probably about a year before I met you. And your journey together and that healing and that therapy you've been on has been brilliant. And now I'm involved in it as well. So we all get to share well, our experiences, I, don't we? It's Lucy I need to thank for introducing me to you because when I came to see you in 2019... Um, throughout my searches, if you like, to try and understand myself and understand some health issues that were going on and some anxieties and having past depressions, um, I, I couldn't get to it. I couldn't figure it out. So coming to you, um, originally I had this fascination, really, I suppose, I suppose about uh, past lives and past life hypnotherapy. Now, I'm sure you won't mind me saying that out of... Every single person <laughs> you've managed to put into trance, um, and I'm not blaming you in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. You're one of the form. three people in, the, in my entire career 
that I haven't been able to get into hypnosis. <laughs> but that in itself was fascinating because there was obviously some blocks there. Definitely. And I'd put some, put some blocks in and I didn't know what they were. But this whole route then sent me on a different path of looking into different modalities and different uh, therapies, working with you with many of your different therapies, yep. including IEMT, until we st until we burst out laughing at each other. Yeah, that was a bit. I think straight face. it got to a stage where we started to get to know each other quite well as friends, and then it becomes more personal. And yeah, we were one day doing the IEMT, so I was there trying to move my finger as I was doing my work, and we just burst out laughing I'm repeatedly, too, didn't we? I'm too busy giggling. <laughs> if I'm not crying about my dead rabbit in ten minutes, I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with some of the therapies that I do as well, that like we do use humour at different times and they're very changeable because I'm working with the neural pathways. They can light up and flag up issues very quickly, but they can also be shifted and resolved. So like you say, you did have an incident when you were a child when your rabbit passed away and that did bring up lots of emotions, but we shift those, we heal them and then you come back down to a settled state. And I think that's been quite a fun journey with you because we've been all over the place, haven't we? We have been all, all over the place and different subjects that we've talked about, different work that we've done, um, whether it's been direct therapy work with you or uh, me going off and looking for other types of therapy or my spiritual journey that's really come out of the, the therapeutic work. Because if I'm kind of now got to the stage where I'm so grateful for almost having any kind of trauma or sensitivity or any issues, whether they be physical health or mental health issues, because that's made me look into different things that I would never, ever have looked at um, and has taken me down this fascinating spiritual path. And you have had so much learning. You've had, since I've known you, quite a challenging time in a lot of ways because, as you've said, you already had a history of some mental health issues with depression, also some physical ailments. You'd gone on this path sort of with acupuncture and you started to find other areas anyway. But then as you've really delved into this and you have, you've, you're the sort of person that when you decide you're doing something, you throw everything into it, your time and all your resources and all of your energy. And you've made massive leaps of progress in the time that I've known you. But in order to do that, you've had to face so many different challenges along the way. Well, it's, it's as you know, they, they kind of come off in layers. Mm -hmm. And I think I happen to be a particularly large onion and there's, there's lots of layers <laughs> to, go, to go through. So we, we work on one and then we get to the next one. Um, I'm probably the only person that, um, well, the background behind this is that uh, with the acupuncture side of things, and I'll let Lucy talk to you about the, 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 that side of things. Um, I, I was very interested to find out that there are emotions attached to the organs. Yeah. Uh, and the thing that always flagged with me was uh, spleen, which is pensiveness and, and worry. So um, purely from a physical point of view, we thought, right, well, we can soon sort that out. I'm going to pack in play and I'm going to leave the band, stop drinking, change my diet, get fit. It's all be sorted. No problem. Uh, and, and went down that route and there was still an issue. We, we still couldn't shift it. So that resulted in um, this constant chronic fatigue and insomnia. Um, and and I, it, that, that then took me to various different therapies, uh, one of them being bioresonance. Um, it, it flagged on the bioresonance um, a carcinoma of the pancreas. Uh, I didn't buy into that as a, 
as a, as a thing, not disrespecting our residents uh, in any way, shape or form. Um, but I wouldn't buy into any kind of disease of the body because then you own the, the condition. Definitely, yeah. But I was really excited to hear this news. Cause I, <laughs> it was cause... a bit of a strange scenario. You came to me and you're like, Debbie, I've been to this session and it shows that my pancreas is a mess. And I was like, why are you so happy? Why do you sound so jolly about this? Well, I suppose after years of wondering where everything was coming from, it, it, was, uh, it was so interesting to kind of find that, that news. And what I didn't realise at the time, that in Chinese medicine, when they talk about the spleen, they're talking about the spleen system, which is the spleen and the pancreas. So I was actually very, very excited and phoning, <laughs> phoning up Lucy and yourself and kind of going, hey, I've just found well, out. Well, it's that link, is... isn't it? Yeah. It's that, it's that link. And also I was kind of thinking, well, I can do something about this. So I started to look into um, all sorts of things, whether it be um, the healing effects of crystals, the healing effects of sound. Uh, and that took me down a route of looking at, at that um, different organs of the body have different frequencies. The pancreas being 117 hertz, just out of, out of interest. So I then started using singing bowls or even a tone generator with a speaker and playing that frequency into the pancreas um, and also using the crystals that are appropriate to the solar plexus. What I didn't realise at that time, of course, is that these physical things are usually emotional related. Definitely. And the physical is the last place where the, the, the symptom kind of appears. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd managed to, to, to work out with the help of um, a, a couple of good channeling friends of mine yep. that I'd somehow to not use my heart or engage my heart in situations, then every little bit of worry or anxiety I would push down and push down and store in the solar plexus. And I think that's where a lot of that block came as well, wasn't it, when we were working together it was almost like a, if I get myself relaxed and I open this door, it's going to be like Pandora's box. Everything could come out. So I think your mind really put those safety mechanisms in, in place. I'm not going there. Yeah, because, yes, because it was, I mean, the way of keeping the lid on the box is drown it through alcohol or, or overeat or, mm -hmm. or recreational drugs. Yeah. Um, and then that will keep the feelings at bay. Um, and, and having that, I suppose, you know, 40 years of programming mm -hmm. and repeating that pattern that had worked very successfully to a point yeah. to by that stage, other than having yearly periods of depression and then kind of coming out <laughs> the other side and then going back to the pub. Um, it, it was time to sort of address that. So, uh, I mean, that's, a, that's still a work in progress. But the... The work that we've done both with yourself and with other therapists and the work that I've done myself has been uh, quite incredible, really, on, on shifting that. And I've got a lot, lot of people to thank for that. You, uh, Lucy, Di Jackson and several other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you've made massive progress. I think there was a bit of a situation where we were all a bit frightened the other year because, like you say, you hadn't been dealing with your heart in terms of your emotions but also probably because of your lifestyle previously, your rock and roll lifestyle, maybe you hadn't taken as much care of your body as we would have hoped as well, and you ended up in hospital. Well, that's true to say, yes. I mean, I, I tried living fast and dying young, but <laughs> one of those parts didn't quite work out. So, uh, yeah, I had a heart, heart attack, 
Um, to, so that was thrown on top of the period where I was getting excited about having pan- possibility once, of having pancreatic <laughs> cancer. It's like, all right, okay, now this is happening. And certainly lifestyle's not helped at all. Um, but again, opened another door and uh, and has led me down a path of realising that there's so many other things that are related to that. Storage of emotion, even your posture and the way that we hold ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to this height, six foot one, six foot two, when I was 15, really yeah. timid, quiet child. So I sort of shrank into myself, hunched my shoulders over. And I would, because I was holding the emotion and holding the tension, I would always notice this tension in my chest and tension in the esophagus. Um, and that was never released and I would never really deal with the emotion to release the emotion. So it all gets kind of compounded in, compounded in. Then again, if it's a situation, we eat our emotions, we drink our emotions, we smoke our emotions. So um, that, uh, that Keith Richards thing probably only works if you've got the constitution of Keith Richards and, and maybe aren't quite so sensitive. I think they were... It fascinated me that even when you were in the hospital, in the process of having a heart attack, you were still messaging us. You were really quite chilled and calm about it all. And you were like, oh, I've been chatting to other people and I've been showing them skills and strategies to help them keep calm whilst I'm in an A&E and waiting. And I think the doctors were surprised because all the tests you were having quite clearly showed that you were having a heart attack. But the way you presented physically... It didn't appear like that because you were so calm and so relaxed and you really employed the skills that you've used through these different therapeutic interventions to keep yourself settled. And I think that aided your recovery because you did recover really quite quickly from that whole process. And without that, I don't know what would have happened to you. Well, I've got you guys to thank because you pulled your team together to send healing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, I've done my Reiki 3 with you. Yeah. Having done one and two with Di Jackson, who taught uh, both of us those, um, and, and uh, I, I think the thing was, I had, I had you guys this end. I also had uh, a friend of mine, um, wonderful light worker and channeler Octavia Vasile, who's a R- Romanian channeler who I've worked with um, over the last couple of years, and she employed her team to send mm-hmm. healing as well. And yes, the doctors haven't seen anything like it because I was I'm talking to him like I'm talking to you. So yeah. thank you for that. It's, <laughs> it saved me uh, well, it's a lot of bother. Well, it's all you for taking it on board though, isn't it? And being open to it. And I think that's the thing. There's so many different modalities and so many different tools out there that can help different people. And it's finding the right ones that are suitable for you as an individual person. But it's also being open and willing to give them a go. And you've embraced that. Absolutely. And in fact, when he talking about trying to help other people in the hospital, I thought, well, maybe there's a, there's a, one of the reasons I'm here is that I can help people who were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So um, Octavia, my friend, the, the Romanian channeler, had um, taught me about the, uh, the Syrian frequency, mm-hmm. uh, the blue sphere as a healing tool. Yeah. Um, which I use more these days. I don't really do Reiki much anymore. Um, and I've found to be very comfortable um, and it's worked very well using this Syrian blue it's sphere. It's really resonated with you very naturally, hasn't it? And it's, I mean, obviously from experience that you've given me a session using that and it's such a calming, relaxing, healing, peaceful treatment 
So, yeah, I think it's really good that you do that. It's it's interesting because I don't tend to feel much myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been so, so uh, fascinating when I've um, been, I don't know, d- demonstrating or, or experimenting on some more of the energy-aware people or our spiritual friends or, or other healers. Um, the the amazing experiences they've had without trying to sort of show off. But <laughs> You're allowed to show off. You do a good job. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's not all about me, but I suppose it, it's my podcast, so it is, it is all about me. But no, the, um, the thing with, um, I mean, I'm sure they won't mind me mentioning just briefly, Di, Di Jackson, I gave her a treatment and she said she wasn't really expecting much from the Syrian energy. She works with more Palladian, Lemurian energy. Um, and this was the first time I'd used it, so I was completely, really not aware that anything was going to happen. And one of her energy bodies got up from her body and walked across the room uh, and was was looking to see what was happening with the other energy bodies. Um, she'd had a, an issue with a, a cyst on her spleen, and she channeled that um, that I'd removed the energetical imprint from this this cyst. Oh, amazing. Not me, of course, it's, but my blue friends upstairs who've helped. <laughs> um, Sam Darling, another very talented lady uh, and friend of ours, uh, great psychic and herbalist. Um, I gave her a little bit of a demo and she she said she was sort of downloading all these codes and all these codes were coming up her, her legs, these different numbers and triangles and then sat in the root chakra. Um and one amazing thing that amazed me was she said, where are you when I'm doing this treatment? And I said, I'm at your feet. And she said, no, you're not. You're at my head. And part of you has come away. Your higher self or your master self it said is working on my head and sort of talking this very unusual language. Oh, how interesting. And this is where we all sound completely bon- bonkers. <laughs> we do, don't we? And I think I remember going back years ago now so this was before I was into all of this stuff, before I'd really gone down the rabbit hole. I remember my reflexologist, Linda, coming round and she did energy clearance and she was just giving me reflexology at the time and she started mentioning some of the, the elemental creatures that she'd been shifting on. Yeah. And I really liked her, but I just remember thinking to myself, wow, she's a little bit eccentric and strange. Yeah. Little did I know that I would have followed in her footsteps now. And we do all sorts of weird, unusual fascinating and interesting things which to some people would seem bonkers but well it makes us happy and we enjoy it we feel like we're doing good and we're contributing to others but also we still are very logical and very sane well I think we are anyway and we're still very scientifically minded and that's why I enjoy those conversations with you because we have that balance one minute we're talking about some sort of scientific evidence and research the next minute we're going on some sort of adventure yeah, sure. I mean, when the the first book I read, read really that kind of got me involved in the past life stuff uh, was by Dr. Michael Newton. Yes. And there was a couple of books, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. Um, and, and that I could kind of buy into because it was coming from a scientific point of view. He had 67 case studies where he was taking them into uh, regression and discovering mm-hmm. past lives. But what was more interesting was their lives between lives. Yes. And there, I think there is a book called Life Between Lives. Uh, and what he was finding was a confluence between um, all of his um, clients, if you like, that um, there were similar things happening, mm-hmm. similar occurrences, 
um, in, in spirit. So he was a, a skeptic, really, um, but it, it, there was too much evidence there to, to really be ignored. So on from that, I started to look into Dolores Cannon, um, which is absolutely mind-blowing stuff. Fascinating, isn't it? Uh, I mean, convoluted universe, and I think there's about five books, and mm-hmm. convoluted it is. It really takes your, takes your breath away trying to kind of fathom your way through this. But again, there's this confluence we've had from our, our channelers, the, the, the good channelers that we have out there. Um, and it all sort of ties in, and a lot of it ties in as well with some of the theories, with some of the ancient Eastern philosophies, whether it be linked to yoga or the uh, the Tao. Um, and I had an in particular interest in the Tao um, from having acupuncture and from looking into Qigong and that type of stuff. Uh, and and the, there seemed to be a massive amount of stuff that all tied in with what our channelers were telling us, whether it be from the Palladians or the Syrians. Um, And we have some interesting conversations, some interesting transmissions kind of come through. Mm -hmm. Um, I realise it's probably not for everybody and people might think, you know, it's too far out there. Um, But I think it's all really fascinating stuff, all for the greater good and absolutely ties in with some of the scientific studies that are now taking place uh i mean one theory which may seem completely far out there is that we live in a holographic universe Mm -hmm. but there are our um, scientists and astrophysicists are they're on ted talks you know they're on proper scientific forums and shows uh talking about this theory that it's quite highly likely there's a very high mm-hmm. possibility that the universe is, is actually holographic. And I think that's incredible, isn't it, that we are all making these discoveries in different ways. So science will call it one thing, somebody who's spiritual will call it another thing. But there's a lot of crossover there. And I think it's a shame that they're often so seen as so far apart because there's so many parallels. And I think they could all influence one another in a really positive way. And I think what you said coming back to... Obviously, we know lots of channelers and we know lots of people independently that are doing work of service in one way or another to contribute to healing the planet or the people of the planet. And what's amazing is these people often don't know each other. I mean, you say you're the sort of organiser, you're the one that gets everyone together. And all these different people are having similar experiences or they're all like different bits of the jigsaw puzzle that slot together without the more consciously knowing each of us. So I think there's got to be something in that when people all around the world having all different experiences are coming to the same sorts of conclusions. Uh, absolutely. And even on a local scale, I mean, I'd not seen Di Jackson, our friend and Reiki teacher, for a few years, despite her only living down the road from me. <laughs> uh, and this was during lockdown, and, mm-hmm. and I excitedly told her that I'd sort of moved on and um, was listening to um, Palladian advice and... Uh, our our friend uh, or my friend Octavia Vazalay, who, who channels the Ninth Dimensional Blading Collective, which are twenty six light beings mm-hmm. um, here to assist with the, the the planet's ascension into the fifth dimension, um, and she was getting the same information. Now she doesn't have a Facebook, she doesn't watch YouTube, 
she's she's not on you know these kind of forums but mm-hmm. from her own channeling she was getting the same information that that we were getting at our end and like you say all, all around the world different light workers seem to be waking up um, light workers and frequency holders um, and getting similar information similar channeled information whether it be from uh, any of our cosmic families the Arcturians the Syrians Palladians and many many more um, all here to assist we are now in the middle of this ascension process and I think like you said there are so many people coming to various forms of that knowledge now and what I would probably just like to point out is I think discernment is absolute key when you're investigating that because as you do go down that rabbit hole there can also be lots of traps that you get stuck in very dark things doom and gloom conspiracy fear-based information and that isn't going to serve humanity it's not going to serve the individual system so I think if there's anything trying to take you down that route that it's all bad it's all evil it's all terrible yes there are lower density things out there but that's probably not what you want to be feeding your time and your energy into because that creates your reality what you put your energy into whereas I think a lot of the stuff we come in contact with is all very much about the frequency of love. It's about hope. It's about compassion. It's about kindness. It's about healing. And it's about holding space without that judgment in any sort of negative form. And when you're sort of part of that, that makes you feel really good. It makes you feel part of something. But it's putting that energy into something that's going to be beneficial for everybody. Absolutely. I couldn't have put it better myself because... um going down that route of getting in too involved in conspiracy theory stuff, listening to the wrong channelers who may be a little bit naive and don't know really what they're channeling. Um, and then groups of these people get together uh, and they all kind of think that this is massive conspiracy and, um, you know, everybody's against us. And this, this is as dangerous as going too far the other way, I think. Definitely. I think there needs to be an awareness that perhaps there are other agendas that sometimes play out on the planet that aren't always beneficial for the general population. But getting so overly sucked into it makes you feel almost powerless or that there's a battle. And I don't think that needs to be the case either. It's what do we do to shift it out of that to allow us to become sovereign in a really positive way. And that always comes back to the self. Absolutely. And it's all fear based, really. And there's different ways of creating fear. Uh, and as we know, there are some entities that um, would see, as we we understand that the everything is energy, everything is frequency. Um, fear as a low vibrating frequency can be used as an energy to feed off for um, certain nefarious aliens or certain entities. And I think also fear, fear is used to control. If you can get people feeling fearful, then you can control them. And I think we see that divisive sort of behaviour and actions within our mainstream media. We see it with different groups of people, like we shouldn't like this group of people or that group of people. And it's all about building that fear. And once you've got that fear, you can manipulate people to do good people to do bad things. Well, I I, I rarely watch the news. I remember during the coronavirus nonsense, shall we say, is that when... um, one day I decided to watch the news and I thought, well, no wonder people are so fearful because it's, it's like we're all going to be carted off in a, in a hearse tomorrow and, you know, it's the end of the world. And that's the thing, like, I, I've got 
nothing against sort of reporting what's going on, but I think it's what can we do, and that's what we need to focus on with anything that goes in our lives. What can we do to make it better? What can we do to heal our bodies and settle our bodies and keep our bodies healthy? What can we do to help and support our minds and our emotions? And what can we do to help and support others around us and the wider community? And I think when you put your focus and your energy onto that, even if there is a difficult situation going on externally, it gives you power and control and it centres you to be able to make calm, rational decisions and it benefits your whole well-being. And we don't really realise how powerful we are as, as human beings or... I should possibly say, as souls having a human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, shut, your, shut your screens down, turn the television off, go within, the answers are within. And if, there's, if those practices that assist you might be meditation, breath work, yoga, qigong, uh, working with sound, frequencies, um, colour, light, um, or going for healing getting back to nature, grounding, all those things uh, are are so beneficial. Uh, And the answers are within you. And if you need an assistance, then, you know, go go and see a a good therapist. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like I say, as the therapist that I am, when I'm working with my clients, I don't do anything to them. They make the change from within. What I am is a facilitator. I've got lots of tools and techniques from the experience and the training that I've had that can help them to make the changes for themselves. And I think that's very important because that allows individuals to take personal responsibility. And when you've got that, that empowers you. So you think, I can make changes in my life. I'm not a victim to my circumstances. I've got control of this. I've got this. And that's what I also help my students to do, that give them a massive toolbox so that they can go out and make a huge difference. But they're doing it in a way that empowers and supports the people that they're working with. Yeah, and I, and I think that's getting to that realisation just how powerful we are as individuals. I know I certainly went through a stage after kind of cleaning my act up um, and working on a more spiritual level that I ended up picking up quite a few entity attachments, as you know, through, <laughs> through our work. And when I say quite a few, it was <laughs> another, another one every week. Every week you had often multiple attachments on you I was like I've never come across anybody like this where are you picking them up from and we would clear you you'd be balanced and then something else would occur and yeah that was quite an interesting phase wasn't it it wasn't a very interesting phase but there was two two things now looking back on that I was holding fear yes so that needed to stop Mm -hmm. um the second thing was I wasn't really protecting myself properly. No. So I'll do daily protection now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know different people have different methods for, uh, for protecting themselves or possibly there's a lot of people who still don't do that or don't think it's necessary. But I think during these uh, particular times of ascension where there are different agendas playing out from uh, different entities, then... Um, Anybody who's working with light in particular um, or is lowering their vibration really needs to uh, take a look at using some sort of protection, um, which is, it can be a visual visualisation. It's, mm-hmm. it's all to do with intent. Yeah. Um, so um, 
I mean, I'll I'll call in the our ground to Mother Earth, and I'll I'll imagine roots going down to a crystal at the centre of Mother Earth, yeah. bringing in the Apana energy from Mother Earth up through the Earth Star Chakra, up through the body, and uh, anchoring into the heart. I'll use the central sun. Uh, in the Pallades, uh, we have access to that energy now, which we didn't have before. Uh, and I'll put a column of light spinning around me, removing all uh, entities that are not here for my highest or greatest good, cutting all energy cords, all energy siphons, uh, any implants, any AI, AI or monitoring equipment. Um, these are other dimensional pieces of equipment, by the way. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not some secret spy. Um, uh, and and asking those to be taken up to source. Uh, I'll ask to be then be put in a bubble of uh, golden light, Lemurian light, or mm-hmm. a bubble of golden light from the Holy Spirit. Uh, not that I'm religious in any way, but this is all a spiritual practice. Um, I'll activate the Merkaba, um, the star tetrahedron, which revolves around the body. Two uh, tetrahedrons, one inside the other, as I'm sure you are very familiar with. Um, and then I'll ask, uh, you know what I'm like, I've got to go overboard, haven't I? <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll ask in ultraviolet angels to put in a triple field of ultraviolet light around me. So, um, uh, but, but do you know what? It's working for you, isn't it? Cons- considering what we've been through and the, th- the stuff you've had to uh, remove before we can get on with any proper work, <laughs> then uh, I kind of thought that a belt and braces job is the correct way of doing it. But the biggest thing is releasing fear. And using your own energy, when you get to a certain point and you can push your own energy out six feet in all directions, you're then not relying on somebody to heal you or some other entity or some other being to heal you or protect you. And I think that's key. It's it's that you can ask externally. I know a lot of my friends ask for guardian angels and other things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's also making sure that you are using your own internal protection because... It has to come from within as well. Yes, otherwise you end up with a saviour complex that, you know, I need to be saved by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, and realising that you have that power and releasing that fear um, that we are creators. And something you said a, a few minutes ago, which is exactly true, where we create our reality from where we put our attention. So yeah. this is another reason not to dwell too much on and I don't want to get involved in um, you know, kind of conspiracy theory stuff to do with nefarious aliens um, or <laughs> entity stuff. I'll leave the entity work to you because you seem to get um, a lot of that sort yeah, of thrown your way. Um, so I don't put any of my uh, attention there. Uh, my intention is put on the frequency of love, raising the vibration of myself and working on the planet, whether it be working on the earth or working on um, ley lines or lays as they should be called, or working on the sacred water web uh, and trying to assist with whether it's with yourself or whether it's with other um, spiritual people, uh, light workers in raising the vibration of the planet. Um, and helping people obviously individually through my healing work Mm -hmm. and I think this is really interesting because I've also just done an interview with a lady called Amy Hardy I'm not sure you've ever come across Amy I haven't Um, no but she's also been working on the water and clearing the planet so once again it's another person that's completely separate to you that's doing a, being called to do a similar sort of thing. Amazing, so it's isn't really it? Really fascinating. And I'm sure you'll have on your show Kirsty Lillis, who who was a great channeler, mm-hmm. um, and she actually assisted me because I I'm not 
I'm not psychic in the sense of a clairvoyant or a clairaudient. Mine is more of a claircognizance. Um, but I, I get very uncomfortable with the stabilizers being off. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot better if I have a channel next to me who says, yes, you are doing the right yes. thing. Uh, Kirsty, I'm sure she'll tell you all about it, but she, she was instructed to work by her team on the River Trent mm-hmm. and move close to there and would tr- channel the Trent. Uh, and work downloading and uploading information um, and we did a little bit of work together and she would we would program crystals um, selenite being the easiest crystal to program and being also self-clearing mm-hmm. um, and she would she would ask me where do you think this needs placing what do you think we need to do yeah. so I would go well I think we need to operate here and do this and then mm-hmm. she would channel yes you are exactly in the right spot so um luckily most of the time i do get a bit of wood on the ball and get the right areas um but i'm not just working with one channel so yes. there's there's various channels uh, or channelers uh, who are having similar information um and usually 99% of the time i'm kind of getting the right place yes. i still don't like doing it by myself because no. <laughs> i feel like i'm just I'm going a bit crazy. But I think that's your around. level of confidence, isn't it? And I think also you still have got that idea that your world has gone from one extreme with the lifestyle you used to have to now this. And I think there is that complete contrast, isn't there? So I think sometimes for you, it's just nice for you to have someone saying, I get what you're saying. This is right. Yes, that's what my intuition tells me as well. Yes, and it's been fantastic having that backup. Um, and we've done, uh, when I say we, uh, um, Octavia, Vasile and myself have done quite a bit of work um, in the UK. Octavia works all over the world and visits various places. Um, but she's a wonderful um, channel, direct channel. So the, so the channel comes straight through her. She's she not, is, isn't she's she? Not she's also so scientific as well. And I think that's brilliant. And I think that's been really good for you to work with her because she's been able to give you such detailed information to help and assist you on your path. Yeah, as, as a psychotherapist, and she's about to study um, parapsychology mm-hmm. um, at Edinburgh University. And she's very much interested in the, the science behind it. Otherwise, it all sounds a bit woo. And yeah, you do sound a bit kind of crazy. Um, but the work that she's been doing through meditation and when they've um, sort of experimented with, is it an EEG machine where they yep. put it on the brain? Yes. Yeah, when she goes into a meditative state or a channeling state, mm-hmm. it shows the readings that wow. a brain should, it's like it stopped working, you know, it's, it's not operating. It's so cool that she's been able to way. have that experience. Well, I know with Sadhguru... Um, when they did the experiment with him and he can get to the gamma state with his brain and then they said you shouldn't be alive yeah. you know there's we're getting no readings from from anything mm-hmm. um myself i'm working very hard at having a very <laughs> overactive mind or as kirsty said your mind is like a little hamster wheel it never it never, never stops, stops stops going uh, i'm still working hard in that direction to try mm-hmm. and Get more into a. I think we'll start with alpha before I start jumping into gamma. <laughs> anything, anything to get out of beta and be present and being present, of course, as we know, is very, very important. It's essential. I mean, I love these journeys that you've been on, and like you are the the guy that gets everything organised. You're the one that if something comes through that we need to do one of these jobs, you get us sorted. 
but also you source the materials as well. And I just love it. There's been times when I've had a message from say like, Debbie, I've put loads and loads of selenite on loads of rose quartz and we need to cleanse and program it to go and put it in different important places. And I, I am just, I'm so amazed by you because so many other people would have these thoughts but they'd never act upon them. But you go that step further and think, right, I'm going to do this. I want to contribute and I want to make a positive difference to the planet and I'm going to go for it. And I think that's incredible. Well, thank you very much. I think that really comes from being the organiser of the, the, the band because yeah. I suppose more than a, a musician, I was actually really um, more, more the, the organiser and the, the logistics guy. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, it's, it's kind of a job I enjoy, I suppose. Um, our friend Danny Fairweather uh, <laughs> made me laugh the other day because we've been working with Danny um, placing rose quartz at um, sacred sites, programmed rose quartz. I'll tell you about that in a minute because that's another story. <laughs> but she, she made me laugh because Octavia said to me, why have we always got to go in a van? I say, Octavia, <laughs> I've got 100 kilograms of rose quartz in, in the back. How do you think that's going to fit quartz. in the back of a convertible car? We've got, and we've got 80, 80 kilos of selenite. We need to go and do this work. And Danny piped up and she said, everybody's got a van. I mean, even Scooby-Doo's got a van. So, I mean, you were very good as well with your van and lending me those crystals because I ran a ladies' night at the end of last year and I felt there needed to be some very high positive energy. So... um you kindly let me borrow them for the evening, didn't you? So you and Danny appeared prior to all the guests arriving and we deposited them round the room and all on the stage, which I think the band had to move a few out of the way so they could set up their equipment. Those crystals have been more on tour than, than I've been on tour, <laughs> I, I, I think. And, and the work we've been doing, particularly with the rose quartz, um, because what we've been realising or, or finding out through our channels and from researching scientific information... Mm -hmm. um, manuscripts and old documents is that a lot of these sacred sites or religious sites which are on lays lower ley lines or they're on energy vortexes um they've been repurposed with this new religion and when i'm talking new religion like a few hundred years ago rather than thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of years ago so often the sites of old priories and abbeys uh, are actually very high energetical uh, vortexes mm -hmm. uh, that are interlinked and, and often these lays people think of them as straight lines mm -hmm. um, but the, particularly the one we've been working on which is lesser known the, the rose lay um, is more like an earth energy grid okay. linking several sacred sites wow. so the idea is that we program the rose quartz with the Mary Magdalene energy um, and we'll receive channels through from Mary Magdalene. The rose quartz is then programmed, the symbol being a, uh, a red rose or a pink rose in a okay. golden circle, uh, and played the correct frequencies with the intention of bringing in her energy, mm -hmm. and then placing those at sacred sites to link those back into the earth energy grid and raise the vibration of the whole area. And I know you've been doing some work um, on church work and work on the cathedral. I don't know if it's something, a topic for another time for you to get involved in rather <laughs> than now. that might be another day. Because that's probably a can of worms in, it, in its own right, isn't it? So. I think so. So, yeah, it's been so interesting, though, speaking to you and being part of your journey. I think it's been absolutely fascinating 
So it's almost time for us to come to the end of this conversation. So what I'd like to ask you now, and I know this is putting you on the spot, if you could give any key messages today to our listeners, what would you like to share with them? What wisdom would you like to give them? Be careful where you put your attention. Be careful about your thoughts. Where you put your thoughts and your attention is where you put how you create your reality. There is no objective reality. We create our own reality. I know that's probably a difficult concept to get your head around, but um, reality is just a projection. It's a projection and you project it yourself. Raise your vibration. As I've said before, shut your screens, turn the television off. Do some breath work, do some meditation, um, get involved in healing work and get out in nature. Excellent. And, and I couldn't agree more. I think what you've said sums everything up. And I think it depends on how far you want to go, but you can look at that at many different levels. But it all comes back to taking care of yourself, looking after yourself, making sure everything in your thoughts, everything in your body, everything in your lifestyle aligns with the life that you want to have. And I think if you can do that, you're onto a winner. Well, if you're not vibrating in the correct places, you know, then you've got no use of service to other people or service to the planet. And on that note, I'd really like to thank you for your service to all those individuals you help personally and to your service for the planet and all the work that you do spiritually. Thank you very much. And same for you. So wonderful. Thank you ever so much for coming on. And I know this would have been an interesting one for you listeners to listen to. Some of you will completely get this. Some of you that it may be a little bit beyond what you comprehend or resonate with. And that's absolutely fine. I always love to hear from you. Uh, I love feedback. And if you've got any questions for me or Lindsay, please do email me, send me a message and we'll do our best to answer those questions however we can. Always happy to help. Give us a shout. Whatever you're doing, I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening and bye-bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you are interested in what we do, please go to my website, www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. As well as information on the therapies I offer, there is also links to my Past Life Regression Therapists programme, and my professional hypnotherapy training programs. If you are looking for online training for self-development, please go to debbieison.thinkific.com. And also remember to follow me on social media. Simply on Facebook, type in Tranquil Awakenings to find my business page. And I'm also on Instagram. I love hearing from you. Please do send any comments or questions. And if you have any ideas of what you would like me to talk about on future episodes, please do send me a message.